one of the biggest things that happens with adoptions and people don't, they mislook is people lose their identity mm-hmm. and they don't know their purpose. So why I'm, why since birth, the world's been against me. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I am, who I look like. I don't know where I come from. I don't know my lineage. The Bible, you know, you know, a lot of people when they preach, they'll start speaking of a lineage mm-hmm. um, in generations. Well, I don't know anybody. Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. My name is Rick Wirtz with uh, Faithful Fathering, the founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where we encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers, dads that prioritize physical presence, are engaged emotionally, and lead spiritually by example, reflecting that triune nature of our Heavenly Father. Uh, we also, the, the vision is to engage dads in raising a godly generation and uh, reinvigorate the church on the fathering front because that's where the action happens, to get the church fired up. Uh, as, a, as a dad goes, a family goes, a family goes, the church goes, as the church goes, our nation goes. So that's uh, that's where we're at. Uh, today we're, we're uh, wrapping up. This is the third of a uh, three-part series and coaching kids through those teen years. And uh, the topic here is coaching kids into understanding our God as our Heavenly Father. So in the studio with me today is Richard Vega. Thank you. Good to be have you here with us again, Richard. Richard's hey, thank a, you, Rick. an Army veteran and a leader of At His Feet Ministries and uh, brings a dialogue to the table to help us understand uh, these teenage years a little bit more clearly. Is coach the right term? Yeah. Uh, it might be. <laughs> well, we're teachers through the first 10 years of uh, a kid's life. And then because we're the primary influence, right? They That's believe it. everything we did. They even think we're God sometimes. And then as they're teenagers, they realize we're not perfect. What's up with that, Richard? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we become the enemy somehow. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we do. But but coaching them through these years, uh, I found very uh, just fabulous. But what I'd like to do is look at a couple of different perspectives here. You know, I, I know one young man that was ad- actually adopted as an infant by a wonderful couple. Uh, shortly after adopting him, the couple had two biological children of their own. So he grew up with siblings in a healthy family setting. He had a terrific childhood, yet there was an innate desire to connect with his uh, biological mom and dad. His adoptive parents were very supportive and uh, upon graduation from college, opened the door for him to connect with his birth mother. And have you had any experience with uh, uh, an adoptee's journey at all, Richard? Well, you know, very similar. I, I um, we're a blended family, and so I took on um, my my wife had previous children, and I called them my kids. Mm. And um, the the father's one in the in around, mm-hmm. and uh, so I got him at nine years old, mm-hmm. and uh, had to go through that that journey with him. And it's, it's uh, interesting because. Uh, when he got 17, um, his father reached out to me, his biological father reached out to me and said he wanted to meet, you know, uh, my son and, and uh, never been in his life. And I, uh, I sat down with my son and, and went through that process of explaining to him that, you know, I, I, I never had that with my father. My father never called looking for me. And I think you need to take this opportunity because you'll have questions. Um, I'll be right there with you. I'll sit with you at the table, and um, you know you can ask what you want, if mm. you, you know, mm. and just know I'll be there. And um, you know, we, he he did it, and and I don't know if he's happy he did it. He's twenty one, on his way to twenty two now. Um, but uh, it it was uh, a lot of emotions flying during that time mm-hmm. um, because he he was angry and upset. Obviously, his biological father's there, but I had to let him know like. 
you know, baby, God sent you me. Mm-hmm. And I was able to to coach you. I was able to uh, be there for all your games. As you know, mm-hmm. I provided for you. I, you know, you didn't miss out on anything. Yeah, you, know, you might have missed out on that connection, but you know, from our understanding, he was in and out of prison. This, mm-hmm. What did you really miss, baby? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how not to be a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that there's a there are a lot of voids, uh, you know, when when you uh, don't have that connection. So I can understand there's a that that innate desire to uh, try to find a little bit more out about your biological family. Now I guess he, he was with his biological mom, his birth mom, yes. all the way around. So there there wasn't the double void as a, right. in a true adoption situation where you wondered did mom. Uh, not love you enough to she just gave you away uh, right. you know all those questions that come up and then you have the genetic mirroring as well you know how did he look like his dad you know what 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 are what voids are there that uh, help a child understand where he came from who he is and uh, and what have you and that that I think that that's a perspective you know uh, one of the the crudest things I've heard uh, when somebody has been adopted is well at least you weren't aborted mm-hmm. you know you should be happy well that's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty crude response and a very immature and, right. and not non understanding of of what an adoptee really goes through because right. there's tremendous emotional voids that uh, a child is trying to navigate through. And fortunately, uh, your your son has been blessed by a loving father, just as this young man was. And but there's there's still that uh, that void you always have in the back of your mind. What what could have happened or what you know that, those types of things. You know, on the other side of the spectrum, there's a a young man that grew up in a home where he experienced an odd disconnect with the dad that raised him. There was never an experience that reflected a healthy father-son relationship. It was a tough home situation, involved alcoholism and abuse. Uh, Early on, as an altar boy in the Catholic Church, the priest provided a representation of what he thought a real father might look like. Uh, Beyond that, he searched out other father figures that he uh, could emulate. Uh, what were some father figures in your life? Were there were there father figures in your life, and and what voids did they fill? Well, yeah, my grandfather. You know, he was he was there uh, quite a bit of the time, and um, you know, he he would teach me certain things. But as he was a grandfather, you know, mm-hmm. so really wasn't there all the time because I lived with my mom. Um, but he he taught me how to love and. He, he would always tell me he, he's passed on and but uh, he would always tell me you know uh, get an education so you can pay for the guy to change your oil and you don't have to do it and, <laughs> <laughs> those, those minor uh, right. accomplishments in life right? you know it, he um, <laughs> you know I watched that whole process but you know and and teaching me he, he really showed me what a good healthy marriage is right he, he had been married with his wife since 17 years old all the way till he passed at 78. Amen. Um, one woman the whole life and um, he got saved and and because of their yes we ended up getting saved and and the family and and uh, the shift of the of the of the home right mm. um, but he he is uh he was a hard-working man he was a businessman he was a um, good husband, a good father, a good grandfather, and um, you know he showed a lot of, of what you sh- you're supposed to do as mm. a family man. Mm. So the blessing was he he really exemplified, gave you a standard to to work toward. Yes, sir. Uh, and and he pointed to the heavenly Father as well. Huh? Yes, <laughs> yes, he did. That's a blessing. Were there other father figures in your life as well? Or? 
No, not much. I had I had an abusive stepfather mm-hmm. um, uh, for for quite a few years. Um, but I guess, you know, my, my father was never in my life, and then my, and then I had a stepfather that um, you know he he just wasn't nice. And so what I've I've learned was what when I became a father, um, I learned from them what I was going to do, what I wasn't going to be like, but what I was going to do. Right. So <laughs> I had to be in their life, and I had to show love. Mm. Um, that's one of the things that I didn't receive from a man. Mm. And so um, those are the things that I implemented in my own home to change um, the, 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 who, who we are as a family. And I say we, I say me, Richard Vega, and our household. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, more, you know, less than what I grew up with. Sure, right? sure. Well, I, I was thinking that was one of the uh, life lessons more my father figures he was an uncle in my life and I had made the comment as a teenager at one point I said well I've I've watched uh, you know four divorces develop in my family I ought to know uh, you know how a marriage works because I've seen how they don't work I'm not <laughs> you know and he corrected me very quickly he says no you've had the opportunity to learn Mm. Whether you learn or not has everything to do with how you move forward, your relationship with Christ, and how you keep Christ in the middle of your marriage. And those were profound words that really still resonate with me. I mean, that was 40-plus years ago, uh, probably closer to 50. And uh, absolutely, yeah, at least 50. So uh, the point is that 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 resonated with me, and those are the things we have when that— that uh, father figure does step in and give us a little, uh, gives us a, a nugget to, to chew on. You know, I, I think of the passage from uh, Galatians says, but when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that he, we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. You know, Abba is Aramaic for father or daddy. Uh, The journey is an an adoptee uh, uh, embarks upon in search of his earthly father can be daunting. But even an emotional roller coaster ride, the the dad may not want to be found and may not be very welcoming. Uh, Earthly fathers in the best of families fall short of the glory the heavenly father reflects. So, you know, sometimes we look to a dad or a father figure and put him on a pedestal to emulate. You know, and I don't think they necessarily want to be put on a pedestal, but I think we as sons automatically do that, don't we, to some degree? I think so. You know, in this journey, uh, my spiritual father now, I, I see him as my father, my mm. dad. I even call him dad. And um, and I put him on a pedestal, and I'm 41 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm proud that he's my dad and, and um, the accomplishments and where he's come from. Um, you know, and what he's done in my life, how to mold me, shape me, um, help redirect me, bring correction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, a, and a lot of people in the church, when they, 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 they would just understand, you know, um, you know, spiritual fatherhood is, is, is extremely important mm-hmm. um, and allowing that correction to come into your life to, to get you on that path of, of growth mm-hmm. to where you can become a better husband, father. Right, right. right. Um, and so anyways, uh, um, you know, for me, putting my dad on a pedestal, I I I enjoy it. You know, I know he's not uh, a dictator or a king or you know any right. higher esteem than God, but um, I love talking about my father. I love 
um, all the accomplishments that he's made. In fact, today I just had lunch with him and I was just telling him he needs to write another book. And I told him he probably need to write two books. And he was like, you're just putting work on me. <laughs> and I was like, what are sons for? You know, hey, dad, I want to see you do more, you know. Uh, well, that, it, it, but is there a delineation? You called him your spiritual father, your grandfather, your father figure. Did he stress more success uh, uh, in the world than significance necessarily Necessarily than uh, where now your spiritual father sounds like he really is stressing your significance in this world versus just pure success? Is that the case? Correct. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, uh, my, my grandfather, you know, he was a good man. He did great things, but he... He didn't ever, you know, he, he dropped out of school in sixth grade um, mm -hmm. to work and help the family. Mm -hmm. um, different times back then, right? And so um, for, for me, I was the younger cousin, and he kind of told me, yeah, so he wanted to help raise me to, to be able to uh, be a businessman but be successful. So I didn't have to, I could buy a new truck, I could buy a new house, didn't have all these issues, come with warranties and things like that, where my, my spiritual father... Um, you know, and, and we talk about adoption. One of the biggest things that happens with adoptions and people don't, they mislook is people lose their identity mm -hmm. and they don't know their purpose. So why I'm, why since birth, the world's been against me. Mm -hmm. I don't know who I am, who I look like. I don't know where I come from. I don't know my lineage. The Bible, you know, you know, a lot of people when they preach, they'll start speaking of a lineage mm -hmm. um, in generations. Well, I don't know anybody else. And right. so yeah. um, the Satan can go to work at that. That's right. And so yeah. one of the things my spiritual father did was help me understand that I am part of his lineage mm -hmm. and that, that I'm creating one and that God is ultimately the father mm -hmm. and that we can go to him. But being accepted into that DNA process of of my spiritual father and saying, "Hey, I have this family," mm. and 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 to uh, help me m be molded mm. and knowing that Fa God, the Father, is always there um, to help. Right, right, and that's uh, that's the key. You know, the, you know, God is our Father, and He wants to be found. <laughs> you know, and that's what uh, uh, I say. And Second Corinthians says, "And and I will become, I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me." Says the Lord Almighty. You know, our dads, whatever the home situation, be it adoptive, absent, abusive, uh, or a great dad, did the best they could do with life, whatever life dealt them. Right, right. and uh, so our father. Our Heavenly Father knew your situation and uh, used it to shape you into the Father you are today. And uh, that's the journey. The charge to each of us as fathers is to embrace Abba to the point and, and uh, embrace Abba and point to Him uh, every day by prioritizing our physical presence, being engaged emotionally, and leading spiritually by example in, uh, in the family He's blessed us with. Uh, did the Father, Heavenly Father, you said, you, did He ever seem elusive in your life? Um, no, no. Um, I think I was. <laughs> you, you were elusive from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I. You know, um, you know, he's he always shows up and always has always been there. I think for me, you know, like any any other um, person that that you know, I had doubts and mm -hmm. filled with confusion mm -hmm. and worldly views mm -hmm. um, versus, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's not interesting, but it's, I, I took the view of the world and I would ask other non-believers about God, the father mm. and the whole time, God, the father was always trying to get a hold of me. Sure. He's always reaching out to sure. me, sure. people. Mm -hmm. um, and I was the one that 
would I wouldn't trust this person who's rooted in ministry to talk about God. I would go talk to this guy over here who's in the bar with me every night. <laughs> Makes no <laughs> Gee, sense. Why didn't that work, right? <laughs> you know, on on the adoptee journey, you know, whether to uh, connecting with the birth mother is always relatively easy because her name is on the birth certificate, right? Uh, usually, I mean that, uh, but very seldom is the dad is uh, father's unknown. He's not on there. So the journey to connect with the biological father uh, is is quite difficult. It can be uh, quite a challenge. Uh, on the spiritual journey, connecting with the heavenly father is relatively easy because uh, the, he's there. Uh, he, he, there's open access. You know, sometimes adoption records are closed, uh, but uh, with the Bible, it's always open access yeah. to a new birth record. You know, right. under uh, in a relationship with Christ, uh, in His Word, the Bible. When the Lord told Mary upon His resurrection that, "Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Instead, go to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God." You know, Jesus uh, reconnected us in relationship with Abba, uh, Father, that He wanted in the Garden. He, mm-hmm. he provided that connection, and and Richard, that was a life changing verse for me personally because. I realized that as much as I was going the opposite direction of the dad that raised me, I had a heavenly father that was more than capable of filling the gaps. You know, I was a proud overcomer in all these things I could do in success. But uh, at the end of the day, there was a heavenly father opening the door for a safer living situation, opening the door for uh, for an opportunity to further education through athleticism, opening the door to meet that right young lady and yeah. uh, bring her into my life, opening the door to, to be a father yeah. of my, uh, my myself. So these are the things that we're blessed with. So, you know, when the kids are younger, uh, under age, uh, around age 10 or 12, they're watching dad and mom and generally accept their teaching, be it... Uh, involving rules in the home, faith and practice uh, during the teen years, kids are watching others, you know, your friends, the friends' families, preachers, <laughs> you know, that may have fallen from grace, teachers and coaches. Uh, how, how do you coach your children under Abba Father and the relationship that he wants with them? Well, you, you know, a, a lot of issues or a lot of things that we always want our kids to be open with us, right? Mm-hmm. But they need to understand that, you know, a lot of kids don't want to come talk to us, right? Our, my kids, you know, we always say, well, you can always tell me the truth. You can always come and talk to me no matter what. And the reality of it is none of my kids, and I have seven, are all knocking on the door, hey, Dad, I need to talk to you about something. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's always something we have to pull out of them, you <laughs> sure, know. Sure. But having them understand that you can always go to God. Mm-hmm. But when you go to God, be on the lookout to see how he's answering. Mm-hmm. Is he answering through through other people? Mm-hmm. Is it a dream? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, how is it? Sometimes it might be a song. It might be, you know, a TV show. You put it on and there it is, bam. Um, you got to be able to, to receive his response and that God is always listening. And he wants the best for you. And he, he you know, I, I tell my children all the time, there's your will and there's God's will. And we want you want to fulfill God's will for you because He designed you with the perfect design for your life. Mm-hmm. You want to walk in that. You don't want to walk in your will because He's gonna, as a father, I've already told you that's hot. Now if you're gonna touch it, I'm gonna let you learn. Where mommy would be like, no, 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 you know, hey, okay, well now you know it's hot. That's hot. Next time I say don't touch, don't touch. Well, God is kind of similar in a way. 
he'll pull back and say, okay, you want to figure it out? I'll mm-hmm. be right here. You figure it out. Mm-hmm. But I'm still here. Um, and so knowing that, because, you know, one day you and I, Rick, we're not going to be here. And we're going to take our last breath. And our kids got to know that they can rely on on God the Father mm-hmm. and that he's there no matter what. Mm-hmm. And he's there more than you and I could ever be. Right. Right. You know, and, and, and really, you know, having them believe that mm-hmm. and know. And, and one of the things that I love doing is when something happens in our lives that um, esteem us or, you know, an, say an award, simple as an award. We we show the kids um, not that it's just an accolade, but look what God did. Mm-hmm. Look what mm-hmm. Abba did. Because mm-hmm. He did this, mm-hmm. not us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we, it's our obedient process, mm-hmm. but He did all of this, mm-hmm. not nowhere else. Mm-hmm. So, so it's just one of the things that we try to incorporate into our home with our mm-hmm. children. Yeah, that's. Uh, I call them glimpses of God's glory when they, when your kids have done something and they are, you know, giving you an Adidad, you know, for being there, and then you say, "Well, I'm here, but there's someone else that's really here that's uh, keeping an eye on you and is going to help you continue to grow in who you are and whose you are, right?" And that's uh, very powerful. But uh, what, uh, uh, what I, I just would say, you know, what we know is that our Father opened access to a new birth record through Jesus the Christ that showed us how. He's at work in all things for the good of those who love him. And uh, the charge on, is on for every dad uh, to, to uh, coach his children under the triune nature of Abba, Father, by prioritizing physical presence, engaging emotionally, and leading spiritually by example. So uh, are there any other words of wisdom that you have for uh, dads out there to say, uh, you know, be sure the, to do your best as a dad, but realize that at some point your, parent, your kids are going to see that you're not the perfect dad, but you can introduce them to the perfect dad. That's right. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to make mistakes. But one thing, own it in front of your children mm. and say, hey, you know what I feel? One of the things that I did um, years ago is is I failed at being a father. And, um, and what I mean by that is a lot of the old ways of the world that I raised my children in uh, were wrong and just worldly views. And so... On Sunday morning, I asked Pastor if I could bring uh, my wife and, and, and the kids up into the front of the church, and I just apologized to them and, and, and let them know that I'm sorry. And I'm saying you have to do that from the church. This is something that I needed to do, um, that I was sorry for, for raising them wrong, teaching them wrong, that I was sorry for showing them the examples of a worldly father and, mm-hmm. and tried to show them what a godly father looks like. Mm-hmm. And uh, really owning my mistakes in front of them and letting them know, hey, listen, you know, I'm daddy, I made mistakes, but this one doesn't make mistakes. And the next process that I had to learn to do was to become a son. Mm-hmm. And so when I took the adop- when I got adopted through my, my dad, I had to learn to be a son, you know, and, and, and what does that look like? Because now I'm disciplining and coaching my kids, but at the same time, I'm being coached and disciplined by my by my spiritual father and my kids see that mm-hmm. you know sure. <laughs> and 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 when you give the authority in my instance for somebody to coach you mentor you or be a spiritual father you have to accept that mm-hmm. you know if they call you and say hey you need to take that off of social media hey how do you think you could have handled this situation better okay this is what you need to do you need to write them an email you need to go visit them and tell them you're sorry in person and you, you know xyz and handle sure. these things sure. a certain way you have to be able to say, yes, sir, because that's your hero, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got a childlike mind. 
and let your kids witness that. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, it's okay. Look, daddy's still getting corrected, but I'm, I'm old enough to understand that this correction is good correction because mm-hmm. it helps me grow. Right, right. And the good news is that God isn't through with us. Through Praise with us God. Yeah, we're a work in progress, as an Alan Jackson song goes. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's so, so powerful. And I would like to take this opportunity to point people to a couple of movies out there, Christian movies by the Kendrick Brothers, who uh, did the uh, you know uh, Fireproof and uh, Courageous and uh, War Room and oh, all yeah, those. Great just, movies. Uh, originally, it was the flywheel and facing the giants, and then they took a big step forward with Fireproof. Well, now there's a documentary on fathering out there called Show Me the Father that I encourage all folks to get out there to a theater and see. And they're re-releasing Courageous. Uh, oh, wow. with a with a 10-year update. It was 10 years ago wow. that that movie came out, Richard. It's wow. hard to believe that long ago, but but it, it, you brought it to mind with uh, your your willingness and your humility to suggest that you're not perfect. You know, and I've had similar situations where I'm disciplining my son and I cross the line into anger. You know, I've lost self-discipline. I better get on my knees and ask forgiveness mm-hmm. because you cannot discipline if you've lost you know, self-discipline on mm. the way. So, right. uh, so humility uh, to the Father, to your spiritual Father, as well as to the Heavenly Father, and pointing the children to the perfect Father mm. is the challenge. So that's what a faithful father does. He coaches his his children under Abba, Father, to recognize our our, our the God as uh, as our Heavenly Father. Again, by prioritizing physical presence, engaging emotionally, and leading spiritually by example. That's how the dad points his family to the father. That's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. Thanks again, Richard, for being here. Blessing to have the time with you. Thank you, Rick. God bless. God speak. God bless you.